Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Figure It, the podcast where we study the facts and statistics on Cyprus and figure out what it all means. My name is Fiona Mullen and I'm the Director of Sapienta Economics. Figure It is hosted by Island Talks, the first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus. Today we're going to be talking about natural gas, not the political aspects, which of course we've been hearing a lot about lately and which one could talk about for hours, but about natural gas in the eastern Mediterranean from a commercial perspective, and in particular the recent bid by Chevron, the US oil and gas giant, for Noble Energy. In the East Med context, Noble Energy is the lead company in both Cyprus's Aphrodite and Israel's Leviathan and Tamar fields. So to help me go through that, I'm joined today by Peter Stevenson, the East Mediterranean editor of Middle East Economic Survey, which is known as MIES for short. MIES is a specialist weekly publication for the oil and gas sector. And while the publication is based in Cyprus, MIES has been covering the oil and gas markets in the whole of the Middle East, Eastern Mediterranean and North Africa since 1957. In fact, they were a first publication that... Um, at the start of OPEC all those years ago. So welcome, Peter, and thank you for coming on the program today. Thank you for having me. Um, so maybe you can start off by telling us what's been going on with this bid for Noble. There was Chevron and then along came Elliott Management, and um, we'll talk a bit later about what that all means. Well, yeah, so the history of it is basically Noble and Chevron announced on the 20th of July that Chevron was going to purchase Noble in its entirety, all of its assets, its US assets, its East Med assets, and some some assets in Equatorial uh, Guinea. The deal was for five billion dollars, but essentially it's for more. It's for about thirteen billion dollars if you if you take in all of the debt that Noble has with it. So it, it's not it's not chump change. Let's put it that way. But for what Noble is giving up, I guess, you know, you've had some people complaining that they're selling it on the cheap. And one of those people is uh, Elliott Management, who are uh, an activist investor owned by billionaire Paul Singer in the US. And what they do is they go buy up uh, stock in companies that are being taken over and try to maybe leverage their position to try and gain more value or get a better price or get someone else to come in and bid, right. that sort yeah. of thing. So... They've they've come in and they've they've bought up a bunch of noble stock um, overnight, but it's not clear how much they have, so it's not clear right. the amount of leverage that they have quite yet. So there's a lot. They of haven't hit that threshold where you're obliged to report yet. Then I'm guessing. I know that's the case in no. Europe. I don't know about no. Um, yeah, I should mention that. So activists doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're um, you're trying to Saving make a company more green or anything like that. This is very much about making more money, right? So, uh, so I mean, one thing that, like, when, when Cyprus, the Cyprus media was reporting on the Chevron thing, they were going on about this is really important because Chevron is a big US company, even though Chevron didn't actually mention Cyprus at all in the, in the statement. But I think you were making an interesting comment on, um, on social media about, about what what would be the difference between, let's say, Chevron buying out all of Noble or Elliot getting either all of it or a big enough chunk to you know to uh, to limit what 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 Chevron could do with it. So can you explain what the you know? Yeah, well, um, I mean, yeah, 
Look, I mean, uh, Chevron, they're a US major, super major, uh, if you want to call them that. So they've got customer base all around the world. So what they bring to the deal is a company that firstly has a lot of money available to develop. Um, it'd be good to hear the difference between, you know, if Chevron ends up owning the whole of these nobles assets or um, or Elliot, because you were making a good good point on Twitter about the difference between the two. Yeah, so uh, Chevron, they're a big US, US major, US super major, uh, if you will. Um, and they've got vast customer base around the globe in Angola and Australia. They've got deep pockets. They know the industry. They know how it works. They've got contacts. They, you know, it, they're involved in the industry. What? While Elliot, mm-hmm. Elliot are just in it. For, I mean, my take on it is that they're in it for to make a, a quick, a quick buck for their yeah. for their yeah. shareholders. Um, so, if they came in and they put the kibosh on on this deal, in an attempt to try and get another company to come in. And, and take it off Chevron, off Noble's hands, um, they might not, they probably wouldn't succeed in getting someone who would be able to add value, the amount of value to this deal that Chevron can bring to the table. Yeah. Would you say that East Med is difficult, even without the geopolitics, it's deep water and expensive, right? Yeah, exactly. And then add the geopolitics, and that's why you need someone as big as Chevron to... To deal with it, something like that. I think I think that you could definitely make a, a point of that. I mean, they've gone into Israel, but I mean, over the, the last few weeks, we've seen the thawing of relations between the Arab countries and the, and Israel, yeah, which has certainly changes that too. Made it a lot easier for them. The optics, anyway. I mean, they were their only East, well, Middle East assets, producing assets were really in in the Kuwaiti neutral zone with Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And right. we know what's well. Saudi Arabia yeah. is, you know, a keen U.S. ally, and they've not really said too much to, about about it. Kuwait, on the yeah. other hand, has been a bit more vocal. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the geopolitics certainly does play a, a part in it. But I think that you know, a big company like Chevron, if the economics work, then. You can yeah, you, yeah. you can try and find a way. Gas already flows from Israel to Egypt, so there isn't anything more complex. Yeah, about that began last December, Jan- I think. Right? Well, mid January was when flow started. Right. Leviathan started up right. in in late uh, December, and then the flows to to Egypt began in uh, in uh, mid January. And I and I, f- I think you were right in the in the Mies this week, if I'm not mistaken. The um, it, you were saying that Chevron is quite keen to get to to phase two, is that right, of Leviathan? So that's ramping up production, I presume. It's... Well, yeah. I mean, so Leviathan currently is 1.2 billion cubic feet per day capacity. But if if you look at the size of the field, so you've got two very sort of similar sized fields in the region. You've got Leviathan and you've got Zor. And they're, they're both mm-hmm. sort of similar size. But Zor... Uh, they've got the production capacity is around 3.2 billion cubic right. feet per day, while uh, Leviathan is is just 1.2 billion cubic feet, which is and that's because of investment or it's because of market. It's, or? it's more market based. Uh, they right. the the Israeli market is is already 
uh, sated by Tamar, which is all, also belongs right. to, to Noble. And there aren't that many export markets that Noble or its partners are able to tap. While Chevron coming in yeah. opens up the markets. They've got right. they've got right. customers. They've got they've they've got people around the globe that are ready to take the gas. So, as, far, so as, far the, as I'm aware. Just, just for people who don't know, so so the Leviathan, so the Leviathan gas is currently going by pipeline to Egypt, and then is it being turned into LNG, or it's just being taken by Egypt? Well, it's currently been taken by a private Egyptian firm, Dolphinus that right. use it for a local industry, I think, and right. and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's not being currently exported. Egypt currently, both its its LNG export terminals are shut. They're not currently working. IDCU yeah. exported a, a cargo in late July, but apart from that, since mid-March, it's, right. been, it's been shut down and it, it, they're not going to export again until October because of the situation in the market right now. I mean, that's a, that's a big, right. that's a big factor that, you know, their demand for prices energy. Prices are low, demand Pro- is exactly. low. Exactly. Yeah. Prices are very low, demand is so low. So if you got to phase phase two of Leviathan, which yeah. Chevron is keen on, then we get to turning it into LNG and exporting it, and then you can export it anyway, right? Um yeah, I mean the the idea for for phase two is a direct pipeline from from there to to Idku, which is operated by another another major shell. Um, yeah. The positive part of that for Cyprus would be that Aphrodite, which had also been planned to be a pipeline directly to Idku, could tap into that Idku, pipeline yeah. because Chevron are involved in both both projects. It would make sense to build a. The, you know, build a pipeline from Leviathan to Idku, and then hot. The the term terminology is hot tap, the the pipeline, <laughs> yeah, from Aphrodite onto the Leviathan pipeline. So you'd get the, right. You'd manage to the economics would would be slightly better in that case for Aphrodite yeah. because you wouldn't be needing to be paying a tariff on on the pipeline, which was right. estimated right. at around a billion dollars, I think, roughly. Right. Okay. That's a lot. When, uh, yeah. I mean, one of the anyone who only listens to Greek Cypriot media about the uh, about gas would think that I wouldn't recommend um, that. Yeah, but yes. <laughs> would think that Aphrodite was a done deal, but it, I, I know that it's been. You know, they haven't reached what this thing, this magic thing called final investment decision. Yes. So, so yeah. Well, it's, uh, until you've done that, you, it's not necessarily a done deal, right? No, of course not. But I mean, uh, there are a lot of you hear both sides of it. You hear naysayers. You hear people talking up, like you said, that it's it's a done deal. And I think the truth is always somewhere in between. So they mm-hmm. they, they have signed a, a number of of deals. Uh, last November, they signed the exploitation license with the partners in in the field which envisages final investment decision by 2022 right. first gas by 2025 um, right right but i i'm not sure how tied to that either side is i'm sure if the cypriot government was had a meeting with chevron and shell and they said to them look you know things aren't looking good in the markets things aren't can we yes. we're, we're going to need yeah. to push it further along uh, be- yeah, it's interesting that Parliament passed that thing, uh, was it last year, I think, the Cypriot Parliament, that essentially allows the government to keep extending um, deadlines for drilling, <laughs> um, so it, which is, in a way, it's, it sort of shows 
how uncertain the state of the market is, but on the other hand, it it gives a lot of leeway to to produce if and when that moment comes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, th- I think it's a it, it's a drawing point to an extent to to come to Cyprus that the government is willing to be flexible uh, right. to give right. these companies that kind of uh, the leeway to ex- extend their deadlines and uh, you know deal with market yeah. reactions. Uh, uh-huh. But then you could see it as a weakness that you know the government is just willing to do whatever the companies want them to do, but, whatever it takes to but, thumb when the nose to Turkey. <laughs> well, yeah. But when you're not producing gas, you know you you've got to kind of try and keep the the big companies uh, in in your shores. Yeah. Uh, keep drilling. Keep keep them active. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's to send a message to neighbours across the across the way, or whether that's you know to try and to expedite some kind of uh, production from your own fields. Uh, that's not my mm-hmm. position to, yeah. to guess, I guess. Well, i tell you what, there's another question I have. A lot of people are saying, look, if there's any uh, market at all in East Med gas, it's going to be local, meaning within the East Med even, not even um, Western Mediterranean, let alone the rest of Europe. Um, or Asia, but does yeah. that change again if, oh, of course, right now prices are low, etc., etc. Yeah. But does that change again if you've got a really big company involved? I mean, it costs a lot to take LNG to Asia, for example, wouldn't it? So um, it it costs more, but I mean, prices are higher are higher in Asia. Uh, you, yeah. But you're also competing with, you know, cheap US LNG and cheap Qatari. LNG and yeah. anywhere you are in the world really and cheap Russian yeah. gas as well so it's all about the economics really at the end of the day but also yeah. about uh, demand you know where, where are the growing uh, growing economies most of the growing economies are in Asia if you see India yeah. you see China mm-hmm. um, so there is room for for that gas and like you like you alluded to I think you know Chevron's inclusion in that, uh, and the larger the gas field, the you know it's, you've got uh, economies of scale. That, maybe. That's, that's yeah. the one economies of scale. <laughs> so the larger the larger the the field, the the more profitable it it can become. Right, right. And you know you've got all these kind of po- good positive factors playing into it at the minute. So you've got this big company that has a wide customer base um, mm-hmm. that has deep pockets that can target maybe possibly further afield and you know you'll have a demand should be should start growing again soon i think especially in in asia in Mm -hmm. in europe as well Uh, but again i'm i'm not sure what the forecasts are for when when there will be space for yeah. East, East Med gas. But anyway, 2025 is a long way away, let's say, for the Aphrodite. Obviously, exactly. the VSN, they'd want to start doing it pretty soon from the sounds of things, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, Israeli, the, yeah. the information I, I have is that, you know, they're going to try and start phase two from January. Um, right, okay. But that's, okay, that's pending uh, noble board approval next month, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. So you've got to get this uh, these uh, Elliot shenanigans out of the way. But then, right, right. you, if if Chevron are able to, they they want to proceed with, with the the next phase, which would expand a capacity from one point two billion cubic feet per day to two point one billion right. cubic feet per day, which is you know, it's all, almost uh, one billion cubic feet per day that they they can see, 
that they would envisage exporting. So right. that's, that's a fair amount yeah. of fair amount of gas. Yeah. If you so, plug it, plug in Aphrodite gas into that as well, you've, you've got some more. Yeah. So the really difficult thing to judge is obviously now there's a market for gas out there, but um, how how long how long does it last before somehow renewables end up taking over the power sector? Um, I, yeah. I, I suspect it's not the subject today, but I suspect that's why. That's why we're seeing tensions in the eastern Mediterranean at the moment. It's you know, if you don't exploit it now, then um, then it might be too late. <laughs> well, I, I th- that phrase has been uh, has been bandied about since I think twenty eleven when Aphrodite was found. If you don't do it now, it's going to be too late. Um, yeah. Then, uh-huh. well, I think it was especially poignant in in mid twenty fourteen when the oil prices collapsed and suddenly every, yeah. every everyone was pulling back and then you know we had the the recovery and now we've 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 been hit again so i think inevitably in times when you know when prices are low and, and things aren't happening that everyone sort of turns to coin the phrase you know it's uh, you know we have to do things as soon as possible things need to be mm-hmm. developed but but i think yeah i mean like you said obviously europe is trying to reduce its its carbon footprint I don't think Asia is too keen on that, and that's one of the markets that could yeah, possibly be yeah. targeted. There's also, I mean, the other possibility is Egypt, uh, the Egyptian market. Currently, it's it the it's sated, but by the end of this, you mean that? Yeah. I mean, so they have they, enough they... gas to to meet their own demand, so they don't need to yes, import, yeah. and and they can export. Yeah. They, they've actually had to limit production from from some of their gas fields. Because of this, so they've shut in production, which isn't ideal. Um, uh-huh. But um, a number of, of forecasts that I've seen and I've read, and I'm just looking at the numbers, because they do have exceedingly high levels of of decline at their uh, at their fields, that needs a lot of investment. The, these um, are the older fields, right? Yeah, the older fields, but also, yeah. I mean, there's there's parallels to be drawn between. Shell's West Delta Deep Marine fields, offshore Egypt and and Zor. So West Delta Deep Marine is was the field that would feed Idku. Right. 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 And, and and that was exported, and that's they that's how Cairo managed to keep Shell happy by you know they had this deal where they get the gas into Idku and, and export it, but then when when domestic uh, demand started rising, gas sort of start dwindling they they redirected it all to the dom- domestic market but but what they did with uh, west delta deep marine was that they overdrilled the reservoirs and that they cut co- and they collapsed and they're now cur- and they're now currently not producing right a, a so you have amount. to have to um as it were take it slowly to make it last so to speak exactly yeah. so they're, they're doing similar things at zor so zor's uh. zor's capacity uh, production capacity in the beginning, the, the plan was for 2.7 billion cubic feet yeah. per day. But then, because Egypt was suffering from, was having to import LNG to meet its uh, domestic demand, that that output was, that up. capacity yeah. was incre- increased to 3.2. Now there's fears uh-huh. that, you know, they might be, they might overdrill those uh-huh. reservoirs again okay. and there could be a collapse. But I'm not, not even taking that into consideration. With demand growing in Egypt for for natural yeah. gas and the decline rates, um, a number of, of forecasts have said that you know they're going to need to find maybe another Zor or two in the 
in the mid just, to long just term, to feed Egyptians just to meet their own right. demand. So yeah. if you take that into consideration, if they don't find anything, then that gas yeah. that, that Chevron is feeding into Idku would just get bought up by the by the Egyptians. So right, right, interesting. So there, yeah, there's, I mean, there's it, that option as well. There's yeah, I've seen slightly older forecasts, but there, it was yeah. There's a moment where Egypt is producing as much gas as it consumes, and then it starts consuming more. I mean, I I, I know those. The particular forecast I saw is a couple of years out of date now, but um, but yeah, that's um, it, in a way, especially with emerging markets, the more gas you have, the more the more you seem to to need to use, <laughs> right? Well, you know, you expand exactly. industry, and then there's more. Then people buy more people buy cars or whatever, and you know. So. Well, exactly. I mean, they they were making this big. They they had a big celebration in in Cairo when I was when I was there in February that they'd managed to break the hundred million population. Uh, barrier right like like that's wow. something to wow yeah. to celebrate <laughs> mouth to feed <laughs> exactly Good. okay um well, i tried to keep this to about 20 minutes so um with our various stop and start recording <laughs> i think it was probably at about 20 minutes so thanks a lot and uh, maybe we'll have you back again if if uh, if things get get interesting with chevron okay it would, thanks a lot it would be Peter. my pleasure thank you thank all you. right cheers bye, bye.